0: This time on Geek Pod Blue. I swear I am so old, I am starting to tell those dagdamn kids to get off my Facebook page. Warning: station is now code
1: blue. Yeah!
0: To this week's edition of Geek Pod Blue. I'm your host Hugh and my aches and pains have aches and pains. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I am talking about that one thing that afflicts us all getting old. Now I've had a lot of time to think about getting old this week. Um, you know, a couple things happened, as many of you probably know. Uh, 50% of the uh, Geek Pod origin story turned 40. Uh, the other 50% turned 40 last year, so uh, together we're 80. I don't know anyway uh paul turned 40 this week and he had a couple of birthday parties and uh, i'm gonna talk about that because well saturday while i uh stood there at his birthday party talking to him about you know geek pop blue and going yeah you know but now that i got every time i get an episode in the can i never know what i'm going to talk about the next week it suddenly hit me as i was at his 40th birthday party looking at the banner that said you're getting old and that is that i I am getting old, and I'm not going to talk about strange bodily changes or hair in funny places because you guys will learn about that eventually, Uh, but I did notice a couple things uh, over this weekend. Um, First of all, I wanted to talk about the parties. Now, I was unable to uh, join the official GeekPod celebration at Sharky's this past week because it was my fifth wedding anniversary, and uh, that certainly takes precedence over anything. Now I saw pictures, I saw Facebook Live videos, I saw webcam nick getting white girl wasted and then posting about it on facebook now it actually looked like a really good time um then there was a contrast for me though because i mean i wasn't sure if you know i kind of felt bad I'm like yeah going out to the bar having beers with my friends sounds like a lot of fun uh, but you know i haven't really done that in years i don't really go to bars in fact i only ever really go out when we uh you know are out of town at a convention or something like that and that's just because we're not home so of course you're gonna go out uh, but uh, here i am let me set the stage for you so i show up at paul's surprise birthday party at his house which was uh, some work friends you know some friends from his job and family members certainly a much lower key uh kind of party uh i show up a little bit early as you're supposed to for a surprise party i go in and you know his uh work friends uh kaylee and Erica, are like oh oh you're hugh from geek Ponds. apparently everybody knows me and uh not interestingly enough, then the one girl, Erica, goes to me, oh, so yeah, I heard it was your wedding anniversary, so you couldn't go to the other party, which I found it very odd that everybody at Paul's work knows that I couldn't go to his birthday party because of my wedding anniversary. Not that I care, just I'm like, okay, whatever you need to share, Paul, whatever you need to share. Uh, anyway, she goes, so what was it? Like your 20th? I. You could have heard a shoe drop there. She actually looked at me. Now, I know that this beard is not doing you know me looking youthful any favors but she actually asked me if it was my 20th wedding anniversary uh, I think I was almost nearly in shock and I'm like no five five-year wedding anniversary holy crap um, clearly I must look a very old to the young people older than I thought I did uh, but of course you know what's she gonna do she looks at a hairy guy with gray in his beard she probably thinks that you know I have you know grandkids in high school or something so it wasn't her fault I wasn't upset it certainly kind of took me by surprise But then things get a little weird because, I mean, they were nice to me, but I don't know them. And then all these other older folks come in that he works with that I don't know. Um, Some people I've heard of, uh, but nobody that I've actually really met. And Paul's not showing up for another 20, 30 minutes. So there I am, awkwardly kind of standing around, not doing anything, when this one uh, guy says to me, well, hey, so you get to grab a beer? And uh, that luckily kicked off a... uh, Conversation about craft beer and brewing beer, which it turns out, him and his wife actually do, or used to at least. They haven't done it in a number of years. Uh, But he talked to me about that. Then she talked to me about, you know, adult topics like healthcare and things like that. And I realized that, and this was really weird to me. I am more comfortable at a party full of people I don't know that I can talk to about i guess adult things i don't know i mean i i should have been super uncomfortable but i actually acclimated really well and and for me that was weird because i never had a problem with fitting in with a crowd because if you know there was beer and it was a party uh if i wasn't able to you know just charm people with my wit i probably had my guitar and i could you know play a song whatever i was always able to fit in but as an, an adult adult now uh, i don't really do a whole lot of that so i was kind of worried about it but then by the time paul showed up i'm like man, I'm doing all right for myself here, talking to some people, making some friends, this works. And I I realized that I I really preferred that over what could have been going out with people. Everybody do shots and and all that crazy stuff. And then you wake up the next day feeling like crap. I mean, I was there for two hours. I timed myself, made sure I only drank two beers an hour because I know my body can oxidize that much and I can still legally drive. Uh, And then I left. I had a good time. And I I guess it was a good thing because when Paul finally showed up, uh, he kind of came over and hung out with me. And he kind of hung with me, I think, more than uh, he might have only because he knew that I didn't know anybody. You know, but uh, I, I, I had a good time and I was actually doing okay on my own. But thank you, Paul. Uh, for hanging out, because it is a little awkward to, you know, you go to your best friend's birthday party, and he's the only person you know. That's a little weird. So I'm sure that he was glad, you know, that I left after two hours so that he could just mingle and talk to everybody. Totally get that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that made me realize that I am getting old. We're all getting old, but I, my my lifestyle has changed. My choices as far as what I'd rather do socially have changed, Uh, I guess it was just kind of shocking because I'd never looked at it uh, that way before. Uh, It was just such a juxtaposition of young people party, old people party, you know? The other thing that kind of hit me was the fact that um, my wife and I are taking our daughter and we're going on a little trip this weekend. Now, before anybody gets any ideas about robbing my house webcam, Nick, uh, I do have uh, some friends coming over and staying here to take our dogs in and out. Uh, We're only gonna be gone for like 24 hours anyway but uh, there will be somebody here during that time. Webcam Nick. Uh, but we're gonna go out to Old Forge and you know do the whole uh, Enchanted Forest thing and, and camp overnight. And you know, since we had gone and celebrated our anniversary out in Little Falls, uh, we discovered we didn't really have any music that we could listen to because she always listens to pop. You know, I, I like hard rock. And we knew that there were some songs that we both liked, some bands we both like, And we realized it was during the 90s, she was kind of more into rock until something happened and she got into like country and pop afterwards after the 90s i've always been rock so of course that stuff was rock in the 90s so our our taste during the decade of the 90s uh, actually crosses over Uh, it feels weird to be talking about a decade as far as music goes Uh, Only because I said I'd never do that, but also because I still am into the the current bands I would rather be listening to k-rock than 90s music But you know for the times I spend with my wife whether it's out back in the yard in the swimming pool or on a a road trip or something 90s is fine So I started going through and trying to figure out we have to build a playlist what bands are we going to listen to and I realized that All of the bands I grew up with or I liked as a teenager as a young man all have greatest hits albums I mean, there is no sure indicator that you are getting old than when all the bands you like have greatest hits albums. I'm just saying, it was, it was an eye-opening experience for me. Uh, but this kind of got me thinking, because, uh, you know, aging is something that everybody has to go through. Uh, but what if it didn't have to be quite so bad?
1: It sucks.
0: That's right. An impromptu, it's science section, because the FDA has just approved the very first anti-aging study they've ever done. Now, you might think that's kind of odd with all the medicines out there, but um, aging was never considered a disease, at least by the, the FDA. Uh, the government thought aging was just a thing. It wasn't a disease. It wasn't a an illness. It's just something we all go through. So they've never seriously considered any of those uh, herbal remedies or new age medicines to say, oh, slow down aging they want nothing to do with those because they never considered aging to be an actual fixable problem Uh, what has happened though is they finally approved that because an unexpected side effect of a very common diabetes drug called metformin uh, has actually uh, led some people to believe we might be on the cusp of being able to turn back the clock or maybe just extend the good minutes of that clock now metformin has been in use uh, since 1958 in England and the United States in 1995 uh, it is a very very old drug and is generally used for diabetes however there's a couple things that they've discovered they have found that metformin can block or diminish many of the fundamental factors that accelerate aging now those are things like disease they are, are things like uh, AMPK activity I mean there, there's all sorts of uh, things that metformin can do in fact they found that it, it's Basically, metformin does a whole bunch of different things that they weren't aware that it could do. Now, this is going to be kind of complex, but let me kind of uh, break it all down for you. Now, in general, diabetics have an increased risk of cancer, right? You know, that's, that's common knowledge. What they found, though, is that diabetic patients on metformin had a 46% reduction in the risk of getting cancer. It's uh, sometimes up to 55%. Uh, you know it's pretty high they started checking other things you know cancer survival and things like that and found that an 86% of studies showed that metformin can inhibit cancer development and showed no evidence at all of cancer stimulation by the drug now that's that's pretty big right there Uh, but that's not all now I don't know if you know what uh, hardening of the arteries is Uh, but it's something called artherosclerosis, and it's uh, promoted by things like oxidation of uh, cholesterol and accumulation of oxidized fat. Now, metformin is known to prevent some of these early steps uh, in hardening of the arteries. It's able to kind of slow things down. It's also able to uh, reduce body weight and fat mass. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of things they're finding that it does. This is almost sounding like it's some kind of a miracle drug, you know it's even able to at least they believe at this point prevent neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease now I'm not gonna get into the specific science but if you guys are interested let me know because I can provide it this is one of those things that I have done some research on I just don't want to sit here and read off several web pages of scientific stuff because it's not very good good radio not at all Uh, but basically the idea is that metformin is able to either slow down or prevent a lot of the things that end up contributing to us dying early now imagine this they're not saying that metformin is going to make you youthful again or going to you know give you back the spring in your step but let's look at it on a scale let's say you live to 75. now if you live to 75 maybe let's say 60 things start breaking down, you know, if you're lucky. If you're me, they probably start breaking down at 35. But, um, you know, you start getting, you know, bone problems, weight problems, uh, diabetes, you know. Things just stop working. Your shit just starts to break down. And those last 15 years that you have, uh, while you may be grateful for them, they're kind of fucking miserable. Like Dennis Leary says, you know, you can have those. What what is it? He says, you know, in uh, the comedy uh, album No Cure for Cancer, you know, they say smoking uh, Smoking takes years off your life. And he's like, well, you can have those years. They're the, uh, oh, crap, I can't remember it. The adult diaper years? I don't know. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're, they're just horrible years. And who really wants to live through that? The idea, though, with this is that metformin, by preventing other diseases or slowing down other diseases, can increase the high-value part of life. So imagine if now you're living until 75, But you're still able to be active and running around, not maybe as crazy as you were when you were 20. But, you know, let's say you're you're about the same from 40 to 70, maybe 72. That's an improvement in life. That's an increase in the good years of your life. Now, you're still going to go through all that bad crap, but it's going to happen later. And I think that that is certainly one way to look at this whole anti-aging thing, because I don't think anyone's going to find the fountain of youth. You're not going to find a miracle drug that makes you young and makes you live forever. Uh, but the idea of, instead of living forever, making the years you do live a higher quality, it, I think it's brilliant. I think it's probably the way research should go. And I can't wait to see what happens with this study. Now, it may take a few years uh, for this to um, complete, be completed, but the FDA has approved the uh, Uh, The study, so uh, that generally means that they're now interested in saying, "Hey, yeah, this might be an actual viable uh, science that we should be looking at." So we're probably a few years from metformin being uh, prescribed, I guess, or advocated as an anti-aging drug, Uh, but certainly something to look forward to. And if you're already on it, because many people are, you know, people with diabetes, my wife even takes it. So. uh, Who knows? You know, there might be another reason you might need to be on it, and you might live a little longer than I do, or at least have a better life than I do. Now, that was fun. Doesn't it feel good learning shit? Let's go get some news. And that sound means it's time for the news. Say hello to the news, everybody. Now, while I was uh, getting ready to record this, I was looking at my show notes. And I saw, right now, tentatively, the episode is called Geek Pod Blue, Episode 12, Getting Old. Uh, But my brain read that wrong, and it saw, read it as Getting Gold. But, you know, we all know that's never going to happen, right, Paul? Anyway, let's move on with the news. Now, uh today's been kind of a sad day there's a lot of hateful news going on in the world uh, a lot of stuff i you just want to strangle some people but you know, what are you going to do we're going to try to focus on some other stuff we did have a huge huge weekend this past week san diego comic-con went on and uh while we could talk about everything that was said there uh, it all went up in the geek pod news feed and you know a lot of it's old news by now so i'm going to kind of try to concentrate on stuff that's you know newer ish uh first of all um Wonder Woman has a release date. It's going to come out in December 2019. And Patty Jenkins is still not signed on to direct. What the hell is that about? I, I, seriously, there's no excuse for that. I don't even care if they come back. and Well, we're having negotiations. No, you give her what she wants. That movie is now uh, Warner Brothers uh, DC An- Un- Cinematic Universe, the biggest film that they've done so far. It has made the most money. It has surpassed all of the other films. You give her whatever she wants. I can't believe she's asking for something that her... Um, that her male colleagues wouldn't probably get on any franchise they worked on. So, you know, it makes me wonder if Warner Brothers is just a bunch of old men who are going, oh, well, yeah, she did good, but that was just a fluke. You know, there's never enough. When it comes to sexism, racism, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, what the oppressed achieved. It's never quite enough in the oppressor's eyes. Um, Going along with that, there's a lot of DC cinematic news this week. Uh, There are reports coming out just today that David Ayer is no longer attached to Gotham City Sirens or even uh, possibly the DC movie universe. Now, uh, people have kind of wondered what might be going on there since he directed Suicide Squad, and that was a a successful film for them. Uh, It might be the fact that he isn't really known for liking doing these PG-13 Uh, Movies with lots of studio interference. He likes to do, you know, real directing, get in there and, you know, go at it all, you know, indie style or whatever. And uh, there seems to be a uh, disconnect between him and the studio, and uh, I believe it was Mashable was reporting that he is no longer attached to any of those. That might be why we keep hearing about, oh, there's going to be a Harley Quinn and Joker movie, or Harley Quinn versus Joker, uh, we've heard. So maybe they're moving away from Gotham City Sirens onto a different project because of the fact that David Ayer is no longer attached to the project. Um, going on with even more stuff like there, if you want to know what a threat greater than Darkseid is, well apparently it is Henry Cavill's mustache. Now if you haven't seen this, and this is an awesome story, um, currently Joss Whedon is doing a ton of additional shooting for Justice League. and. Uh, they, I mean, they have, It's tr- tough getting stars back in because they, they're all, you know, big names now and they're working on other things, but they're managing to get her for a bit of, uh, everybody back in. Now, interestingly enough, apparently what they're saying is that he is doing a lot of dialogue-heavy scenes, and I, I'm quoting this, to connect the usable action scenes that Zack Snyder produced. More on that in a moment. Anyway... It appears that uh, Henry Cavill is currently filming Mission Impossible 6, and he is contractually obligated to keep his mustache during filming, because his character has a mustache in that film. So, he cannot shave the mustache off and then come and be Superman. So, he's actually showing up, you know, between takes on Mission Impossible and recording these scenes for Justice League, and they are going to have to digitally remove his mustache, which I that ought to be interesting, you know, so basically his upper lip is going to be digital for most of the film, or at least anywhere where he would be talking, you know, which it will be all of the scenes that they're currently shooting now. Uh, I just, you know, the words contractually obligated mustache, I really wish this had popped up in a different episode because I would love to use that as a name. I wonder if I can still use that as a name. See, I think getting old really fits this one, but we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Uh, So going along with that, yes, Josh Whedon is now getting equal director's credit on the Justice League movie. Uh, It would seem that he is doing a lot more than just tweaking things based on Zack Snyder's notes, and it has been announced that going forward, Zack and uh, Deborah Snyder uh, will not be overseeing the DC Cinematic Universe. That is actually going to be passing on to Joss. Now, uh, go figure, man. The the plucky young kid who still had a, receding hairline back when he was making Buffy, not only put the Avengers to film and created the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's now doing the same thing for DC. Now, it's sad that he wasn't there at the beginning, but clearly this is the go-to guy. He is the guy for, for the job when it comes to these ensemble superhero movies. Uh, I mean, whether you loved or hated uh, Age of Ultron, it still was, wasn't a bad movie. It was a uh, country mile better than uh, Batman v Superman, so... Uh, I just man it's funny because I've been a fan of his since the Buffy the Vampire Slayer days and everything he's done since then, and to see this guy really step up and take the two biggest let's face it, they're, they're the, they the may not be the biggest properties as far as the two comics worlds worlds are concerned because I'm sure that Spider-Man on its own is a bigger property than Avengers. Uh, but the when you put them in the films, it's the superhero films that are really the big deal And you know, Justice League, And the Avengers. I mean this has got to be his dream come true. He he's probably on Cloud9, and I certainly wouldn't blame him. Moving over to Marvel, some details on the Captain Marvel movie have finally come out. Now, the movie is gonna be set in the 90s, so it's gonna be set prior to everything we've seen in the MCU so far. It's also going to feature Nick Fury very heavily. Before the eye patch, so whatever happened to make him lose his eye, it has not happened yet. Now they're saying that the scrolls are going to be the uh, main antagonists in this film, and I find that very interesting because I don't know if who's aware of this, but the scrolls were always considered part of the uh, Fantastic Four property, which is owned by Fox. So it's always been assumed that Marvel could not use them. Now. Fantastic Four, one of their major enemies was the Super Scroll, which is an awful, awful, awful fucking character. And if you've ever seen it, you remember taking apart your G.I. Joes as a kid and putting them back together? You take a little screw out, you pull out the rubber band, you could put different arms and legs and heads and shit on them and, you know, make up different characters. But they all went together because they were the same size, right? Now imagine doing that with... G.I. Joe characters, Mask characters, He-Man characters, those big fucking rubber wrestlers you'd throw on the floor and they'd jump up, you know, like three inches off the, the ground. Imagine taking parts from all of those and mashing them into one figure. Nothing fits right, some things are too big and it just basically looks like shit. That's what the Super Scroll is. And uh, it's possible that Fox only owns the rights to Super Skrull since he is a Fantastic Four enemy, but the scrolls themselves, the race he comes from, uh, maybe. be... Uh, shared by both companies uh we'll certainly have to to wait and see how that plays out I, i'm not so sure that i'm thrilled with that though because i mean the scrolls their big thing is being able to replicate or replace people and if you recall secret invasion from a few years ago and it wasn't a horrible storyline not marvel's best but it involved uh, replacing people the scrolls replaced people years ago and then you know they would find the heroes would find out this person's been an imposter all along and i've really hated stories shape changer stories or uh Uh, where, you know, a character or characters get replaced by something else, it always feels cheap. It feels like a cop-out. It feels like you're going back and retconning things, um, which always bothers me to a degree. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you you see that in everything from Star Trek to Doctor Who, whatever, there's always the duplicate episode, you know, just like there's always the the Christmas story episode. I'm sorry, the Christmas Carol episode where somebody speaks to something that represents the past, present, and future and learns how to be a decent person. Um, just like there's always an ice level in every single video game, you know, or it used to be, it seemed like. I, it's one of those things I can't stand. So an entire movie based around something that has the power to replace people, I'm like, oh, fucking not again. Now, maybe they'll, they'll play it off. I mean, the MCU's done great, so there's really no reason for me to get down on it You know, before I've seen it. You know, they have not had a miss yet, and they probably won't with this. But it's not one of my favorite storylines. It's a trope. It gets marched out with every single property and license, and I just whatever. You'll have to see what happens. I'm just not super excited about them, you know, being the main nemesis of the film. It's also been confirmed that there will be no Captain Marvel in the next Avengers film. So I'm not sure if that means she is taken off the in, the table at the end of this film or maybe they're saving her, you know, for whatever happens in uh, after the Infinity Gauntlet. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Wow, there's a lot. It's all movie news this week. Damn, I didn't even realize that when I was putting this together. Um, Next up, James Cameron wants to reinvent the Terminator franchise. Now, if you're not aware of this, the rights to Terminator revert to James Cameron in 2019. And what he would like to do is start things off with a brand new trilogy. Now, he's commented that technology has caught up with us. A lot of the things that we saw in the original movies are now, every day, devices that we use on a regular basis. And he feels like that can play very well into the Terminator franchise. I certainly makes sense. You know, imagine, you know, replace uh, Skynet with Siri and we're halfway there. Uh, I think that it's an interesting idea. And, I mean, James Cameron did create the franchise and make the, the two best movies out of it. So if anybody's going to do it, that's great. I guess the only thing that concerns me about that, I shouldn't say concerns, the only thing that irritates me is he comes out and says, I'm planning a new trilogy. You know, everybody does that. Every time they start something, it's the first of a trilogy. How about you just make a good fucking first movie and leave some plot threads open to move on to part two? Yeah, I think sometimes they concentrate on the overall story and don't end up giving us a fulfilling a chapter with part one, which is necessary. People aren't going to come and see that movie if it doesn't fulfill all of the narrative steps that it needs to fulfill to make it a good movie. Uh, I'm not saying that he's not capable of planning out another trilogy, but with a franchise like that, which has such a history and so many misses recently, you can see it with Ridley Scott. Alien Covenant was supposed to kick off a brand new trilogy in a bunch of movies, uh, but the critics didn't like it and the people didn't go and watch it. Now, I haven't seen the movie myself yet, uh, but I'm sure that it's an okay movie. Is the reason this movie isn't as good? Because it was only part of a story? Were they thinking about the entire picture and not this one that they were releasing this year? I think it's a valid argument. I don't know. So uh, I would really like to see Cameron just focus on what he's doing next and then move on. You know, when he started Terminator, he didn't say, this is going to be a trilogy, and he made a kick-ass movie. With Terminator 2, he didn't say, this is going to be the second part in a trilogy, I just forgot to tell you. He just made a kick-ass movie. I don't know. Everything good does not have to come in threes. Finally, and this is the last bit of San Diego Comic-Con news I have, Supernatural did not announce the end of the series. Now, I know most of you don't care about that, but as you know, that is one of mine and my wife's favorite shows. And on Sunday, I was updating the live uh, blog of the uh, Supernatural uh, panel. You know, at first I had to wait till like 2.30 for it to start. You know, I'm all nervous because everyone's talking about, oh, well, they're probably going to end the show soon. And I was like, well, if they're going to do that, they're going to announce it in San Diego and get a watch. Basically, not a whole lot happened. They just got up there and had a lot of fun with their fans. There were people who waited there the previous day and all night and all day again to get in the front row. So uh, for all those people to say, oh, Supernatural should have ended at season five. I don't know. I have people willing to do that. That's some Star Wars level devotion right there. So um, I think it's still awesome. But hey, that's just me. Your mileage may vary. And that sound means it's time for the letters segment, the Geekpod Blue mailbox, and that is my favorite part of the show. And this week, I am not by myself. Say hello to the letters section, Lana.
1: Hi, letters section.
0: Yes, Lana is joining us this week. Uh, She happens to be over doing something for me, and I thought, hey, let's have her on the show. Do you not realize, Lana, you are the very, very first guest on Geekpod Blue? Yeah. Does that surprise you? No. Yeah, me either. I actually had somebody ask me to be on the show, and we had to shift it over to the main show because what people don't realize is I record this, as I call it, my rev quarters, but it's my back room, which is also Lana's bedroom, and I'm about three feet from the cat box. It's not a place that is conducive to having somebody over. Uh, It's much better to have people over or guests in the actual GeekPod studio. Uh, But we're going to go ahead, and we're going to get started with the letter section. Lana's going to read those for you. And, Lana, I believe we have a a couple letters uh, from Nick Mormon. Now, I did actually want to talk about that first um nick uh put out a post on on facebook actually let me grab my notes here just so i I make sure I, i don't uh yeah you know he said that um he was uh, ordering some webcam Nick T-shirts, and he let everybody know if they were interested to, you know, send him a message. So if you're interested in getting a webcam Nick T-shirt, please hit him up on Facebook. Uh, he's ordering them, and he they are available to buy. Now I wanted to let you know, Nick. I thought about it for just a second, and I realized that it probably wouldn't be a good idea for me to walk around in a webcam Nick shirt. I mean, I don't know if you realize this, Nick, but you and I look uncannily alike it's almost eerie we look like we could be twins and I'm afraid that if I put on one of those shirts people would be coming up to me and saying hey webcam Nick when are you putting up a new video on YouTube and then it would just be awkward so you know I think I'm gonna pass this time you know even if you ordered a geek pod shirt I'm pretty sure people would walk up to you and say hey what's going on where's Paul and th- that would be awkward too so I think we'll just leave it at that but let's go ahead I've got actually your message from last week because I recorded the letter section prior to uh uh you sending that in so go ahead lana what's his first question
1: what is your opinion on the new female doctor
0: gotta speak up a little bit
1: what is your opinion on the new female doctor
0: that's better uh well you know i kind of covered this last week i'm excited uh i think that it is about time i'm not certainly not upset about it in the least and i'm interested to see um what she can do uh i will kind of after uh I talked about this last week. A bunch of stuff came out. Basically, some websites in the UK decided to uh, post some nude pictures of the new Doctor. And they were pictures from, you know, movies and TV shows she did. Uh, And I I think it's kind of interesting. This is the first time that there is a Doctor that you can also see naked on TV. I mean, that's not anything that's ever happened before. (laughs) That's a little awkward for me. But uh, go ahead. Continue, Lana.
1: Are you excited about Thor 3?
0: I am, because it looks like they are adapting uh, some of the Planet Hulk storyline, which, if you're not familiar with this, is a great storyline from a few years ago. Basically, uh, Tony Stark and Reed Richards uh, realize that Hulk is just too dangerous. And uh, Bruce Banner wakes up basically in a space capsule, and they're like, listen, Bruce, we're really sorry. You know, you're our friend, but you're too dangerous. And they shoot him out into space. You know, figuring he'll land on some planet you know he turns into the Hulk he's impervious so he'll land on some planet and where he won't be able to destroy civilization every three weeks and uh, he ends up landing on a planet where uh, there is it's like a gladiatorial fighting ring and he ends up you know being put in that and he has a son and all sorts of crazy stuff but it really uh, deep into the Hulk mythos so uh, I'm excited to see how much of that they actually use and I uh, touching on what i said last week i think it's a good way to use hulk as a supporting character because i don't feel that he really flies as a main character uh what next
1: do you think the next fast and furious movie should take place in space
0: i don't give a flying hoo-ha about the fast and furious but um in fact i my my i immediately want to say if it kills the franchise then yes But really, just because I'm not into cars doesn't mean other people aren't. I mean, maybe there's nothing wrong with it, but I can honestly, honestly say I have never watched one of those movies. Uh, So, uh, sure, why not? Next question?
1: Um, Who's your favorite defender?
0: Oh, Jessica Jones. Without a doubt, Jessica Jones, because she's the most flawed of them. Uh, She is an incredibly complex character, and... I really what I'm looking forward to most about defenders is seeing more of Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. Uh, I think she did a fantastic job in her solo show and I mean I, it was it was different than all the other ones. The other uh, Netflix shows have had you know heroic themes for flawed characters but but hers was was a lot darker and I think I enjoyed it the most out of all of them. Are we still on webcam Nick's uh, first email?
1: No we're on the second one okay
0: now. okay let me know when you change emails. So what's I next did. okay. I didn't catch that
1: (laughs) will you ever like Twin Peaks I feel for you whenever you talk about it
0: you know I used to like Twin Peaks I don't know man I mean they're they're past the halfway point and I, I still don't know what the fuck is going on we still haven't seen I mean the main character of the show is is Agent Dale Cooper we still have not seen him yet and unless they're going to get a second season I feel like it's almost robbing the fans by having uh Kyle McLaughlin who plays Agent Dale Cooper play several other characters throughout this but never actually have it be Dale Cooper. Uh, really? I, yeah, yeah, really. It's it's bizarre. There's there's Doppelganger um Dale Cooper, who was a bad guy. There's this other guy who just looked like him, who might be a brainwashed version of him. The guy's basically stupid. All he can do is repeat what you say to him. Like you're like, hey Dougie, you know where do you want to go for dinner? Dinner But somehow, he's continuing to do his job, and everybody's like, hey, you're doing a great job. It's it's stupid. It it stretches belief to the point where it snaps back and hits you in the balls. I I just don't buy it at all. But i got to say, I'm probably not going to like it. Uh, But I'm going to stick with it, because it's Twin Peaks, and that's what I signed up for. Uh, What's next?
1: Which is your favorite in the Dark Knight trilogy?
0: (sighs) Batman Begins definitely Batman Begins because that was the one that really got me excited about Batman again cinematically. Um, I, I don't want to take any way, anything away from The Dark Knight um, because that was a great movie and Heath Ledger did a fantastic job, but I, I like Batman Begins more uh, because it felt, it, it felt like we were seeing something epic, and it was epic, and it was a fantastic trilogy, uh, but I think the first one excited me the most, and I have a, I mean, Liam Neeson, was fantastic in that movie and I can't remember the guy who played uh, Scarecrow. Now it's killing me, but he was Jim in twenty eight days later and I really like that actor. So uh, seeing those two as uh, you know the the antagonist for the movie, I I just think it's an all around great package. Any more questions from webcam Nick?
1: It's not a question.
0: Oh it's a very
1: large paragraph.
0: Okay, go for it.
1: I'm all about peace, love, and positivity, but can you please tell Mr. Blah to keep my name out of his dick sucker? And while he's asking who can kick my ass, please inform him I am a 6 foot, 3,260 pound African-American male, and if you would <laughs> like to see me, I will definitely be at Syracuse New York Comic Con, and we can work this little issue. And better yet, he can hit me first, and if I don't go to sleep, God bless him, because it's gonna be a bumpy ride. And here's a tip to all of the listeners out there. Please don't go to war with someone who doesn't give a fuck less than you do. Don't let jokes fool you, but as Ice Cube says, I'm not the one.
0: That was brutal. Now, first of all, Nick, I'd like to point out that um, you just made my 15-year-old daughter say dick sucker. (laughs) Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Um, Shame on you, Nick. Uh, it certainly sounds like uh, you are not liking uh, Mr. Blah, who I, I'm sure we have a letter from here before the end of the, the mailbox. But, dude, I got to tell you, you really carry that weight well. I never would have guessed you weighed that much.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. I, I guess, you know, maybe maybe we don't look quite alike, as alike as I thought, because I definitely thought I had a few pounds on you. But, all right, what do we have next?
1: Um, Bill Hurst Cotter.
0: Okay. What do you have for me this week, Bill?
1: When I heard the Doctor was going to be a woman, I was surprised, especially when the new show lead denied it up to the review. They have shown that regeneration isn't tied to gender before, and the race of the Time Lord is very dynamic in that aspect. Other than that, I'm going to treat this as I've treated all other actors that I have tapped to play the Doctor, watch, and see. I mean, that
0: wasn't really a question, but... No, no, but it's, no, it's, it's fantastic. You know, I want to hear what people think. Um, yeah, but I kind of agree with you. Now, I'm not surprised they denied it because th- this is something that they've never done before. They've never had a female doctor. Um, they didn't want to come out and say, hey, you know, after Wimbledon, we're going to announce who the new female doctor is. You know, they I'm sure Chris Chibnall was told, listen, you just can't talk about it. And, uh... I understand that. I mean, secrecy in this industry, uh, they want it to be a surprise, so I, I'm not upset or uh, surprised that they were denying it up until that point. Uh, and speaking of reveals, the video was really pretty cool. Lana, have you seen the video?
1: No, I have not. I oh. plan to watch it later then.
0: Okay, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I can show you after we're done recording. Uh, it was a great way to do it, and um, I know that obviously is not going to be the costume that she wears in the show. But again, you know, it seems we talk about this a lot. Um, I am very, very excited for this. I think this is going to be a great time to be a Doctor Who fan. And for the first, maybe the first time in 50 years, we're going to see some stuff we've never seen before. We're going to see interactions and viewpoints that we haven't seen. Um, I mean, imagine for the first time the Doctor travels to the past and tries to be all, you know, I'm the Doctor, blah, 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 and someone says, yeah, but you're a woman, so we're not going to listen to you. Now, will they ignore that and gloss over that, or that will they make that another hurdle that she has to get around? Uh, I'm just fascinated. I want to see how they deal with it. Uh, anything else from Bill?
1: Yes. If you think about it, Ramona, Jenny, or River be cast with a male Doctor if they plan on having the character show up in a future episode. I am worried about the writing because to me, the doctor is the universe's greatest poker player, and I would like to know if you think that is a valid critique.
0: Can I, can I read that, Lana? I just want to stumble over a few words there. Um, if you think about it, Ram- ramana that's that's where you were throwing me. I was like, Ramona? Who the fuck is Ramona? If you think about it, Ramana, Jenny River... Um, be cast with a male actor if they plan on having the character show up in future episodes. I, I, don't, I don't think that they would change those characters. I, not that they couldn't, but here's why it works for The Master. Uh, the Master is a character that has appeared throughout you know nearly 50 years of the show, been around for a long time, and just like casting a female doctor, it, it was jarring. Now, if they wanted to reintroduce Romana, or let's face it, Jenny hasn't been around for quite a while. Uh, and And you know either one of those two, I think they have to reintroduce them as themselves before they they try to recast that person as a, a, or a man, you know, because I mean most of the people watching the show now, they don't know who Ramana is. So that would be weird for Ramana to suddenly show up as a guy. Um, Jenny, I mean, maybe not so much, but uh, Georgia Moffat, I believe it is, is young enough. I mean, they're not going to recast her. You know, she's just going to come back and, you know, she'll play the part without any issues. Um, as for River, that's interesting. I hope they don't um, change River. Honestly, I kind of want to see River go away. I, as a character, I love her. But she she's a specific part of the Doctor's life, and I feel that the more you extend that, uh, I hate to say this because I've always said when people say something dilutes the past, it doesn't dilute the past, but it dilutes the, the, the new appearance that she's in now. Uh, I think they have a really good... Uh, they've wrapped up a great story for her. It, it has a finite ending. And I don't see any... Re- Either it needs to continue or they need to bring her back to life and make her a regular character. One or the other. Let me put it that way. Um, if they take her death out of the equation, then I'm okay with her continuing to appear. Um, and whether she regenerates or not, you know, that doesn't matter. They, they recast her as somebody else. Uh, what bothers me is that she's supposed to be dead, but she keeps popping back up. In In stories we've heard about... Uh, but haven't actually seen. Now, that's probably going to end because that was all all Moffat's weird, you know, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Uh, I I guess, you know, I mean, there's no need for her to appear again, but if she does, I hope they decide, you know what, let's just make her a regular recurring character so we don't have to keep coming up with ways for her to show up. I mean, now we know that we've seen the Doctor's first and last times meeting her, so with a brand-new Doctor, I mean, I would think it's not possible for, her to, for, for them to run into each other again, uh, but I, you know, I could be mistaken. Anything else?
1: Yes. I hope in the future I get to meet you and Paul at one of your con appearances, and maybe you two can make it to Flower City Comic Con in 2018. I am volu- a volunteer for FC3, so maybe we could coordinate and make a GeekPod panel. We
0: would love that, Bill. Uh, we're, we've actually done one panel before, and we're going to be doing some more this fall. And uh, if you want to try to to make that work, uh, certainly reach out to us. Uh, you could reach out to me here at this email. Uh, you can also reach out via the Facebook page, because that, that will go to both Paul and myself. And uh, that's something that we kind of would need to coordinate on. But if you send it right here to to, uh, geekpodblue at gmail.com, I can always forward it on to him. And then we can talk about it and and figure it out. nice thing about Facebook, though, is you can actually have a real-time conversation back and forth. Uh, But, hey, so what do we got next?
1: You have Michael Blah.
0: Oh, Michael Blah. This should be good. There might be some bad words in this one, too, Lana.
1: Well, look at you, Mr. Detective. No, Blot isn't my last name. Is Webcam Nick first name?
0: Dude, that's not my name, so your argument has no validity. If you want to take that up with Webcam Nick, he's already told you how and when to do that. Next question.
1: Are you
0: high? Are you asking me that, or is that what he wrote?
1: That's what he wrote. Are you high?
0: Not since I was probably 19. 19? Next question.
1: Paul's foot to football football team, how'd they do?
0: Well, they uh, they did win their uh, their playoff game Sunday morning, but they did not win the, uh, the second one that afternoon. But they are continuing on to uh, next season, and Paul is still on the team, so it couldn't have gone too bad. I'm sure he's really glad you asked, though.
1: What do you think of the Constantine TV show continuing as a cartoon?
0: Well, it, it's not the, the best um, solution, but it's better than nothing. I, I don't know that... Uh, I wasn't sold on the casting when I first heard about it, but after watching the show, I can't imagine anybody else playing John. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. I'll take it, and who knows? If it fuels future appearances in the CWTV-verse, I'm all for it.
1: Doctor Who? More like a doctor who cares. Oh, more like Doctor Who Cares.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's a good thing that your opinions don't run the rest of the world, uh, considering that it's the biggest export the BBC has, and it's a television show that's been going on for over 50 years. Um, <laughs> what can I say, Michael? I mean, come on. That's like saying, oh, well, I think Mar- the Marvel Universe, uh, Cinematic Universe sucks. Well, okay. Billions of dollars. Deal with it. Um, next question.
1: Will you be attending in our after-parties at the cons you're appearing at?
0: That depends. If it's a local con, probably not, because if I have the opportunity to go home and see my family and uh, see my wife, I'm generally going to take that, uh, because I'm old, as we've discussed at length in this actual program today. Um, outside of that, uh, in cons out of town where we have to stay somewhere overnight, I mean, there's nothing else to do, so why not? Why? Would you like to hook up with me and Webcam Nick and, you know... See if you can take him? I think that'd be great. I'll be referee. How's that sound? Next question.
1: Who's the best dancer in the Geek Pod universe?
0: I have no fucking clue, but I would guess it would be Jack. I mean, that makes sense to me. How about you, I mean, you,
1: Lana? yeah, I was, I was thinking that, too. It's got to like, be Jack. I mean, he hasn't really been on in a
0: while. But it's still got to be Jack. I'm yeah. not even sure the rest of us can even dance.
1: Yeah, I kind of
0: got the white man syndrome. <laughs> oh, I am a white man, so I suppose I'd have whatever <laughs> syndrome comes along with that. Um, well, then again, there's Nick. I don't know, Nick might be able to dance. He's now part of the Geek Pod universe. I mean, I'd stay away because, you know, he starts spinning around, those fists flying, and that 300,000 pounds or whatever he is um, starts flying around the dance floor. It might be dangerous, but yeah, he might have some rhythm. How
1: many enemies has Geek Pod made and why?
0: Well, if we are counting just GeekPod, maybe two, one, two, I don't know. One would be VagDoc, and if you want to find out what that's about, you're going to have to go listen to GeekPod and add to our downloads for our early episodes. Um, the other one might be the uh, person who runs the other big convention in Syracuse yearly, uh, only because we had some not-so-positive business dealings with that gentleman, and we did not End up appearing at his convention. Well, for, we were at first. We weren't invited, and then we were later on. Uh, once you know, we were spotted at a an out of town convention, so we were approached and said, "Hey, you know, you can still come if you want to." And we're just like, "No." So it, it's it, it's possible they could be construed as enemies. Um, I'm not sure. Now, if we're talking about Geek Pop Blue, it really sounds like you know, Michael. It sounds like you might be my nemesis. I could be wrong here, but. The attitude and tone that's coming from you, it's like nobody taught you respect growing up. I have a feeling that this is going to be an interesting uh, exchange going forward. What do you think, Lana? Anything else from Michael?
1: Yes. In your opinion, who is the most worthless sidekick ever?
0: Oh, most worthless sidekick gotta say i really don't like crypto the super dog. um i just because okay alien comes from another planet yellow sun gives him superpowers but then his dog i just it's it's stupid I, if superman was created today there would be no crypto the super dog entering uh, the mythology for sure because it, it's dumb it was something that flew you know a hundred years ago well not literally a hundred years ago but wouldn't fly today i'm trying to think if there's any other sidekicks i'm not a fan of uh, I don't know, sidekicks in general You know, it really suck uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with crypto I've got to go with crypto, I can't think of anything else
1: I mean, I don't really know many sidekicks to begin with, so Oh, was that the end of
0: it? Yeah Oh, that was it for Michael? Okay, thank you, Michael You know what, though? Since Michael appears on every show Michael, maybe you're my sidekick And that I would have to choose you in that case I don't know, we'll have to think on that uh, but that's pretty much going to wrap up the show for this week. Alana, do you have anything you'd like to say? No. You know, I'm really not surprised by that. <laughs> if you could only see the look she just gave me. Uh, now, you know, I, I know we've done two weeks in a row we where we've done a, a This is Science segment, so I promise you uh, next week I'll try to lay out the science and stuff. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, zombies or some shit. I'll think of something. But until next time, tuck and roll, kids. <laughs>
1: Geekpod Blue is a Geekpod Network production. Executive Producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. want to help the show leave a five-star rating on itunes geekpod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod that's g33 kpod you can also find geekpod on facebook and instagram g33 kpod that's g33 kpod